0: All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room,
1: Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Tuesday, next Tuesday, Arizona has a rendezvous with destiny. Why do you think all the world's media is here? From Japan and England and Germany, right? The New York Times, the Washington Post, all of them. Why do you think they're here? It... It started here back in November of 2020. It started right here and it's going to end right here.
2: That's right.
1: Divine Providence works in mysterious ways. Arizona has a rendezvous with destiny next Tuesday. Carrie Lake wasn't in the government at that time. She was a media and a TV anchor and a news person. Abe Hamaday was a captain in the army, right? You had uh, Blake Masters was a venture capitalist. Eli Crane, others, they were the serving their country. They weren't politicians. They saw something that they need to come and set right. They have dedicated their lives. Not just to in their sacred honor, not just to Arizona, but to the entire country. That's why they're all here. This has never happened before in American history, ever. Carrie Lake and her whole ticket come to this and they don't owe anybody anything except the people. She hasn't taken a penny from anybody. She was outspent, by what, $30 million in the primary? And look what Katie Hobbs and the opposition are putting on her and George Soros. She's beholden to no one but the people. That's why next Tuesday is so important and that's why we need everyone to turn out. We need not just a victory, we need a statement victory. You are sending a message, not simply to Washington DC or to Phoenix, you're sending a message to the entire world. What has to happen under a Kerry Lake administration the entire world is going to watch, right? Not, not just with voter integrity, not just with making sure this economy works for everyone, for everyone, not just for the wealthy and the privileged and the powerful. What, and also the border and, and illegal immigration, but particularly the border and the invasion of this country. That's what the Lake administration is gonna stand for. And that's the rendezvous with Destiny, and that's why she needs an overwhelming statement win. This is gonna be a long, tough slog. It's not, you know, Carrie Lake doesn't have a magic wand that she's gonna wave and make it all better. No. This is gonna be a long, tough slog. And all of you, all of you are gonna to have to be her partner, right? Can she count on you? Can no? Can she no? I'm not saying. Can she count on you, yeah. Carrie?
0: Okay, welcome. It is Wednesday, two November in the year of Lord 2022. That is last night. In uh, beautiful Chandler, Arizona, at a uh, at a uh, rally that uh, I happened to be called up on stage at the end, and greatly appreciated to be there and to support the great Carrie Lake and of course the whole ticket. Let's go to I want to go to Jane Zirkle for a moment. Jane, uh, youth voting—they keep saying that what's going to bail them out because the numbers continue even today to slide worse. And of course, what the Fed did—it's going to just be an ugly weekend for many people about the personal finances. Jane, what 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 takeaway are you seeing from the early voting and particularly in the youth vote? Is that the cavalry that's going to come and save the likes of uh, of uh, Katie Hobbs and uh, Kathy Hochul, uh, Charlie Crist, uh, Val Demings? I mean, you pick them, um, uh, Jane Zirkel. Is is that is is the youth movement is the youth of America going to save the radical Democratic Party?
3: Well, that's certainly not what we've seen at the polls. In Texas, we had some shocking numbers that in early voting, youth vote under 30 only accounted for 7% of the total votes there. And in Democrat counties, we've seen extremely low voter turnout. So youth vote out, youth voters are not engaged with the Democrat Party, and voters overall are not engaging with the Democrat Party. And this is not coming as a surprise, because if you look at Joe Biden's approval numbers, he has an incredibly low approval rating. Shockingly low, historically low. People do not like what Joe Biden has done to this country and young voters and young voters who are supposed to really be the base of the Democrat Party, who are supposed to be subscribing to their radical agenda that has been pushed on them through the brainwashing in public education are not falling for it.
0: Are you seeing any, um, because I know you do monitor stuff, are you seeing, they're talking about, oh, there's TikTok influencers and TikTok's getting people out to vote. Have you noticed anything, I mean, of any number, any size or any scale? Because in this late state or or stage, what you're talking about is really things that can move the needle. Are you noticing anything or is that just something the media has picked up on that they have all this influencers, all these TikTok influencers that are working to get the youth vote out. Have you noticed anything or seen it in in the math anywhere, Jane?
3: Well, there's definitely been a shocking number of pieces from left-wing media, particularly one in the Washington Post that came out a day or two ago talking about how young people need to vote solely on climate change because that's what they've been clinging to, the the Greta Thunberg narrative. And there's been a push from prominent left-wingers like Barack Obama targeting the young vote in particular. But I really don't see the enthusiasm amongst young people. They really are dissatisfied with the job that the Democrats have done in the last two years. And I think because of this, the Democrats are really, really scrambling, and we see them trying to compensate for this in the media.
0: Let me go. Before I let you go, I've asked you to track uh, this very disturbing trend in climate change, and it looks like young people's movement, uh, particularly in Europe where these people are coming defacing um uh masterpieces in these museums and then gluing themselves uh, to uh to uh to the wall gluing themselves to the floor you've seen it at car shows i think in germany they were gluing themselves to um uh, to the cars themselves and even in washington dc people are blocking traffic in paris they're blocking traffic it's this uh, new kind of radical aspect of climate change to i don't know to wake people up or to to get their attention it's upsetting working-class and, and middle-class people that have to have, you know, have their obligations to go to work and do things with their family. Um, has Is this an element that's going to drive uh, people to the polls? Is this the type of climate uh, justice, whatever they call it, that the TikTokers are trying to get to be some sort of large-scale uh, involvement by the youth uh, to the go back the radical, par- uh, you know, policies of the Democratic Party?
3: Well, I'm going to be very frank with you because we're six days out from the most critical election of our lifetimes. What we're seeing is not activism. It's not civil disobedience. It's eco-terrorism. That's what this group in particular, this group in the UK called Just Stop Oil is promoting. They put out a PSA to their followers that if their needs are not met by November 4th, that they're going to consider that an act of war and act accordingly to that. So they're threatening us that they are going to declare war on the rest of society. Their movement is completely aggressive. It lacks empathy. It lacks concern for their fellow man. And they're doing this while saying, oh, we're doing this for the betterment of society. Well, last time I checked, blocking traffic so people can't make a living wage and provide for their families and destroying gorgeous pieces of art that, is, that are enjoyed by millions of people is not saving, saving the earth or bettering humanity.
0: Jane, so you're saying for November, this Just Stop Oil, this group, they, they've they declared that if their needs are not met, which is immediate decarbonization uh, of the economy, that they're going to declare war on, what, Western civilization?
3: They didn't specify what they would declare war on. They said they would take it as a decree of war and they would act accordingly. And they said this while the clip showed a scene of fire exploding. So we've seen what they've done so far, which is absolutely disgusting, the vandalism and the destruction. We can only imagine what these radicals are going to do next. They're a dangerous group of people. They are completely deranged and misguided. And we need to combat this here in the US because our youth are being taught climate change is the word of God. This cannot stand in our schools for any longer. It's causing horrific problems. And we need to combat this by arming young people with the facts of what is going on with the planet and the climate.
0: Jane, how do people uh, follow you to get all your reporting and everything you're putting up on social media and at warroom.org and all the videos you do? Where do they go, social media?
3: You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Getter, and YouTube at Jane Zirkle.
0: Jane, thank you. Honored to have you on here. Great job.
3: Thank you so much.
0: Okay, that's our own Calamity Jane Zirkel. Here's what I want to do. i got Dr. Malone. He's got some very interesting pieces we need to talk about, about the national security or biomedical security state. But I'd like to start with this Laura Loomer ad, which is quite powerful and is now running throughout New York. Let's play the ad, and we'll get Dr. Malone's response. Mommy, I don't want to get it. Mommy, I'm not sick. Mommy, please. I'm scared. I'm sorry, baby. I wish I had a choice.
4: The CDC is recommending the COVID-19 vaccine for all school children. If Democrat Kathy Hochul gets elected as governor of New York, you may no longer have a say in your child's health. On November 8th, vote for parental rights. Vote Republican. Paid for by American Liberty Fund. Not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee.
0: Uh, Dr. Malone, let me ask you your observation of this. This is really getting now down into to the the Nitty gritty of particularly uh, gubernatorial and uh, and congressional uh, politics. Give me your give me your assessment of that ad.
4: So I'm really glad to see that this is being formally approached by Republican candidates because so much of the Republican Party has um, acted as if they want to pretend like this is a non-issue when it's a hot button issue for a large fraction of the population, particularly the base that's represented with MAGA. And I'm so grateful for what you've done, Steve, and what the what the War Room has done to wake people up about the risks of these products and the corruption that's occurred all the way through the Health and Human Services Department. So this is uh, an interesting ad. I love the uh, the the tonals there that were evoking Game of Thrones uh, and and the Iron Throne, but. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's not my style, a little hyperpolic, but I'm glad to see that the topic <laughs> is being brought forward by uh, uh, important candidates, and and I think it yeah. needs to be featured more.
0: You know, the three eyes we had: inflation, immigration, and uh, and uh, injections were the third. <laughs> the Wall Street Journal reported this morning: there's been a 28 point shift in within 60 days, 28 point shift with uh, white suburban women. This was supposed to be with the Democratic Party basic control. I think we're up 15 now. Uh, a lot of that is Cortez and I've talked about is what they don't what the parental rights movement is also an anti has become an anti-vax uh, and, anti-injection. And, it's and not because these people the, are
4: and the transsexual. Go ahead. Um, there's so many hot buttons. That are are hammering that key demographic for the Democratic Party, the swing suburban voter. I, you recall, Steve, we talked about this last fall. That if they didn't get their act together, they were going to lose suburban women and African Americans and probably a fraction of the youth because of these mandates. And by God, here we are.
0: Well, let's talk about that because it's it's a it, you know it's part of the campaign. It's not talked about. One of the things that we noticed uh, a couple of months ago and started tracking closely was there was no positive ads for Fauci. Fauci was supposed to be a guy that was the, uh, you know, had saved the nation. They're literally in none of these Democratic districts uh, or even the Senate races where they're promoting, oh, we say we, we, we beat COVID. Uh, the mandates ended everything. Uh, Fauci's a hero. He's a demigod and uh and uh and, you know all this positive nothing total crickets and now you're starting to see negative ads that are actually getting tr- attraction i agree with that if it's a little hyperbolic it's because the last six days of a campaign it takes a lot to break through the noise of of all the other ads what's your sense there you do you see them actually taking a position where they're bragging about or trying to take ownership of what they've done uh in, f- with the uh with the uh pandemic so far
4: No, is the contrary. And I caught your commentary the other day about the Atlantic Monthly uh, white flag. Oh, can't we all just get along and and forgive and forget Uh, this theme that we have to have a reconciliation commission and forgive the uh, many parties, many guilty parties that have promoted this very aggressive censorship, propaganda, defamation campaign designed to compel people to take an unlicensed medical product that is neither safe nor effective. Um, that's The chickens are coming home to roost on that. The legal cases are, are proceeding and uh, if uh, God's willing, we're going to have that red wave. I've seen some fantastic memes about that, by the way. Uh, Donald Tr- Donald Trump as uh, Bob Ross painting a red wave was was a I think a super one but uh, if 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 what comes to pass uh, Next week is what we're all hoping for and people get off their rear ends and vote um, Then then things are going to get really interesting in terms of legal cases hearings, etc. We even had uh, the lead, uh, presumptive leader of the House now finally turning and saying, well, conceding that he will allow investigations to proceed. And of course, uh, Dr. Fauci is on the at the top of the list for folks that we want to hear from.
0: Well, let's talk about they had this explosive, the, the Missouri case, uh, I guess, Landry in Louisiana and Schmidt. Now, Schmidt's running for uh, the senate in missouri but as attorney general landry also has announced he's running for governor of louisiana for 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 next time next year these two have had this uh this uh, situation where you now know everything about dhs you you have been one of the targets that people have tried to destroy naomi wolf yourself with this this uh, this combination of uh government big tech oligarchs uh as natalie Winters you know discovered in her research and investigation jp morgan bank
4: and I and I suspect because this is I, sus- Steve, I suspect I, I only sense this I don't know this, but I I sense the heavy hand of Pfizer, um behind all of this. There's some entity that has an amazing global reach, a huge amount of capital and resources, and the ability to pull off a propaganda campaign, it the likes of which the world has never seen before. At least the Western world hasn't. And and I, I think I think when we eventually get to the root of this, we're going to see pharmaceutical industry hand uh, behind a lot of this as the puppet master.
0: But you, let's talk about your writings, I mean, because you've been one of the targets of this and now we see Fauci's got to he's got to be deposed, I think, in, before the end of the month of November. And that leads into all these investigations. Natalie's going to join us uh, momentarily, but it's going to lead into all these investigations that, as you said, the presumptive Speaker of the House has already talked about. In fact, they're kicking off with a press conference, a joint press conference between oversight and judiciary, which is very unusual, Monday, uh, the 14th, to talk about the Hunter Biden laptop. And we know that they're working behind the scenes on the vertical that deals with Fauci and the, the Wuhan lab and all of that. So what is your sense about what you've seen in this apparatus they set up to essentially destroy the likes of Naomi Wolf, Dr. Robert Malone, the War Room and others from actually speaking the truth or just giving the American people additional information they should have?
4: So uh, thanks for that lead in. And there was a stunning paper published just yesterday on the 1st in a journal called Minerva um, by a bunch of uh, U.S. and Israeli academics that did a detailed investigation, kind of a sociology study, in which they, they questioned a large number of physicians and medical scientists about uh, the censorship that they've experienced over the last three years. And by the way, the first author in this paper, Yaffa Shiraz, is the one who broke the story from the video from the internal meeting in the Israeli Ministry of Health and how they hid many of their key findings. So these are people that have been at the forefront also in a quieter way of the uh, medical freedom movement, particularly from Israel. But what their findings have shown is that the attacks that have been propagated now um, against physicians and medical scientists are closely following a known script for uh, this type of censorship and defamation. Um, They are tactics that have been used and associated in the past, particularly with large industry, including the pharmaceutical industry. And uh, they have uh, silenced dissent, excluded people, denigrated them, recruited third parties, this is the fact checkers, Performed online censorship, suppressed uh, medical and academic establishment uh, um, uh, certification credibility, uh, launched official inquiries, uh, forced retractions of scientific papers. It goes on and on and on. And it turns out these are classical known techniques that have been going on for decades and have been perfected, and they've been weaponized against us in a harmonized fashion all across the world. Steve, it's what you and I have been discussing. It's what I've learned from you. We are in unrestricted media information warfare. There's no, you know, people, I keep saying to folks, get out of, you know, forget about any idea of fairness or justice or ethics. The people that are propagating these things, are treating this as full unrestricted warfare. There is no ethics. They will do anything.
0: Dr. Malone, before I let you go, uh, because, and I want to make sure we get, everybody get to your sub stack and all your social media because stuff you're putting out is so important. People, um, these things kind of go in, in waves as, as we've been so intensely focused on the horse races. We've seen a lot less of Naomi Wolf and Dr. Malone, just simply the, the given the time. They will, and this is one of the reasons Natalie Winters, she's going to join us next, is come on as our executive editor. The next phase of all this is the action phase after you actually win. Just what would be your construct? What would be your recommendation for the House and the Senate going forward, assuming we continue to do our job and we take control of both? Uh, and, and also these governorships, whether it's Carrie Lake in Arizona or Ron DeSantis down in Florida, Abbott in Texas. What would be your recommendation to people in, in, in authority? about how they go about the investigations of actually getting down to the bottom of how this happened and whose response He said, hey, I feel, I have a feel that it's Pfizer. How do you get to find out that it is Pfizer or whoever's in back of it?
4: So this is gonna be, this is gonna take the skills of uh, experienced prosecutors, people like Bobby Kennedy and others. Um, and of course, I'm a huge fan of Jeff Landry and look forward to his election as governor. But uh, they're gonna have to, you know, treat this like a RICO case. They're gonna have to treat this like organized crime. And they're gonna have to cut deals and uh, manage really pretty serious aggressive investigations to walk this back up the tree and figure out where the money comes from. Because there's a lot of signs that we've seen coordinated efforts and in, in, in particular, in particular, the role of the Department of Homeland Security in in declaring uh, mis, dis, and malinformation uh, a, a terrorism threat to the U.S. homeland. We have to walk back and figure out what has the national security state done here? What has been their role? How actively have they been participating with tech? And we know, based on this attorney's general lawsuit, that it is extensive. So I think the challenge here is gonna be to engage experienced prosecutors to um, use aggressive investigation tactics. And there's gonna have to be some deal cuts where uh, smaller fish are allowed a certain degree of uh, latitude in order to work back up, just like you would with a major drug case or anything else. And, but my fear is, as we've discussed, the corruption is so deep and so broad that it's really almost become boring. Um, What we've learned is the US Health and Human Services branch is just deeply, deeply compromised. And it's gonna take a team with a good leader to focus those efforts or otherwise, they're gonna be chasing rabbit holes from now till eternity.
0: What did uh, was it Hannah Arendt and that famous book, The Banality of Evil? Um, I think Just you're so. absolutely correct, but it's that that is uh, that is our um, obligation to do that. We we must do that. Doctor Malone, how do people uh, follow you? How do they get to your book, uh, pre-order it? How do they find uh, all your writings?
4: Well, uh, bless your heart, and uh, Tony Lyons will agree with that. So uh, on the book, Tony is and his team are working like demons. And uh, guarantee to me that the hard copper will be available for Christmas time and the uh, Kindle version should be out in the next couple of weeks, we hope. We're about to go to typesetting. You can find that on Amazon, the lies my government told me in the better times ahead. Uh, substack, please. It is the main way that we're, it's, it's my revenue now, It's I've lost my business. And uh, the money that we get from the willing subscribers, you don't have to pay. Um, All the information is free. It's rwmalonemd.substack.com. And, of course, my primary source for daily social media is getter at rwmalone.md.
0: Dr. Malone, honored to have you on here. We'll make sure everybody gets a copy of the book, orders it, and uh, we look forward to having you back on as you're going to be a key uh, participant in these investigations, sir. Thank you.
4: Thank you, Steve. Thanks for everything that you do.
0: Thank you, brother. Great new studio. By the way, he talked about Pfizer. Leave it to our executive editor, Natalie Winters, to start to get to the heart of the matter. Biden's Pfizer money, CCP, can not make it up next War Room Battleground. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the Swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data. and order Taking Back
4: Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in
0: prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.
2: War Room Battleground
1: with Stephen K. Bannon.
0: Okay. Uh, I don't think we have a better up than that, uh, Natalie Winters. Natalie, I, I can't. I can't. I can't believe that we've got a story from you in writing. That's got the uh, Chinese Communist Party has the Biden crime family, Hunter's laptop and uh, a joint venture, the uh, COVID night drugs, uh, vaccines, all of it. And then also uh, the throw on top of it, Pfizer. It's kind of wrapped up in a bow. What is going on? It's nothing to laugh about, but they're so up in your grill. And I guess they just thought, and they didn't care. If this thing would ever be uh, exposed or if anybody would ever take the time and effort to do it, clearly they had never heard of or envisioned, I should say, they had never envisioned a young, uh, you know, college what sophomore at University of Chicago, barely at a high school who became the top investigative reporter in the country. And now you continue since you just graduated as our executive editor. Uh, tell us what's going on. This story, once again, couldn't be more timely. And I want to tell people, everybody should read it because this is part of the road ahead. This is where the next phase of this drama is going to go.
5: Sure. So people may remember BHR Partners is this very shady private equity firm that was started between Hunter Biden and also John Kerry's stepson um, just about two weeks after Hunter visited China with his father, then Vice President Joe Biden back in 2012. And BHR Partners is, you know, a very common name that appears on the hard drive from hell. Um, And I think it really is fair to call it sort of a conduit that a lot of this very toxic Chinese Communist Party riddled cash that was flowing into Hunter Hunter Biden's bank account was going through. So BHR Partners, after it it had been exposed, even to some extent by mainstream media elements um, for the obvious corruption, how it was being used to, I would say, launder money, um, from the Chinese Communist Party into the Biden family, it sort of went quiet, it went low. Their website became defunct. They didn't really update it for a couple of years. But believe it or not, BHR Partners has sort of reemerged um, to join some funding rounds for a very, very interesting company by the name of In Silico Medicine. Um, specifically, they had two raises in June and August of this year, for tens of millions of dollars. Now, in silico Medicine is a company that most people probably haven't heard of, um, but I think it may have a larger impact on your life uh, than, than you're aware of in the sense that this is a firm that, if you look at their website, they admit to collaborating with some of the leading pharmaceutical companies on drug development. They use their proprietary artificial intelligence technologies uh, to help with drug development, and if you read, I think the buried lead there is they said once COVID-19 hit, they actually put all of their efforts, their entire company, to look for COVID-19 treatments and cures, and I think the the biggest, I would say, signal and not noise in this entire story that we have up on warroom.org, is that Insilico Medicine actually partnered in January of 2020, That's just, you know, about a month before we saw the travel ban be implemented from China right in the early stages of the COVID-19 pandemic. And Silico Medicine partnered with, as Dr. Malone said in the previous segment, all roads lead to Pfizer. Believe it or not, Pfizer, and if you read the press release, Um, They say that they're collaborating on a host of drugs that they're working together to develop in treatments and cures for a variety of diseases. It's unclear if it was necessarily used to develop these COVID-19 vaccines. Um, But it's certainly interesting when you see BHR partners, which just about a week ago, a White House spokesperson actually refused to say that Hunter Biden had divested his shares in, um, profiting off of, at least ostensibly, um, from the development of COVID-19 drugs.
0: I wanna say this is what and this press conference is gonna take place on the fourteenth and they're gonna walk through about the the hard drive from hell and people, you know, some blue check toward a dismissal oh, that's you know hard drive from hell, who cares about it? Um it's really the documentation and the interconnection between the Biden crime family and really the capital markets aspect of one belt, one road and really being in business with um with uh, the Chinese Communist Party. Where would this, and you know, we just had Malone on, you've been very involved in thinking through how you actually do the investigations into Fauci and how you do the investigations into Wuhan Lab and all of it. Where would this fall into? Is this a connective tissue piece that you see in these investigations that starts to connect dots and starts to connect players and starts to connect um, really sources of capital like Pfizer to things? I mean, where do you see this? If you envision out starting in you know January, February next year as we move forward into 2023, and I will tell people a big part of this show every day is going to be the different investigations going on in Capitol Hill about this entire thing. Um, Where do you see this fitting in?
5: Certainly. Well, I think kind of the guiding principle behind most of my investigations is this concept of pattern recognition, the idea that there are these key players, these key fixtures, these key entities that sort of keep re-emerging. And I think Hunter Biden, specifically BHR partners, and of course Pfizer, are perfect examples of this. So when you see people like that working in concert, that to me is when my my red flags kind of go off um, because I think we know that people like Hunter Biden are sort of the flesh form, the embodiment um, of the agendas of the Chinese Communist Party, of these large organizations like the World Economic Forum, and then companies like Pfizer and I think in this case, in silico medicine, um, sort of represent the more corporate backbone. Um, to that agenda. Uh, so I definitely think that Hunter Biden is a, is a connective tissue. But I think, as I remarked a few days ago, you know, don't miss the forest for the trees and that Hunter Biden is a symptom of a much broader problem in American society in terms of this sort of class of American princelings, I would call it, of people who have family members who are very connected politically being put on the payroll, whether it's of the Chinese Communist Party or Big Pharma Um, And it's always just interesting how, I would say, advocates for interests, really for everyone except normal Americans, always seem to have a seat at the table. You know, Dr. Malone was very prescient in saying that, you know, he he believes that a lot of these government censorship efforts, uh, all roads kind of lead back to Pfizer. And I had actually uncovered additional documents from the Department of Homeland Security, specifically their misinformation and disinformation task force, um, they appointed 23 members to their cybersecurity advisory committee, which is sort of the broader unit um, that a lot of the censorship activity was being done from those meeting notes that people saw in that bombshell intercept story um, and other members of this committee that haven't been previously reported include a representative for Johnson & Johnson, which I think is definitely suspicious given its role in COVID-19 vaccines, even though they didn't necessarily use the mRNA technology, Um, but also people from MasterCard, uh, representatives from Amazon Web Services, which of course was critical in deplatforming Parler. People may remember that. Um, And just a lot of of different companies. You can see the article up at warroom.org. So I just think it's interesting when you see these same key players re-emerging, whether the issue is COVID-19 and vaccine mandates, whether the issue is one belt, one road and trying to help China gain a foothold in the United States, and really across the world writ large, um, all of these people seem to be re-emerging. So I think it's important to kind of draw these threads um, and look at it from a sort of meta perspective to see what their ultimate end goal and their end ambition is because you can really i think kind of get lost in the the micro the smaller data points if you just do it yeah. kind of piecemeal h-
0: h- hang on a second Natalie. i want you to stay for our, our next guest uh paul, dr paul alexander with a new book out from tony lyons and the great group over at uh, skyhorse presidential takedown this is a different perspective remember we're gonna go back in time and get to the bottom of all this in these investigations dr alexander actually kind of gives you an insider's view because he was there dr Alexander. You've been on the show many, many times talking about many aspects of this, but this book is pretty startling. It will be a foundational document for the investigations going forward. Walk us through Presidential Takedown, your perspective of exactly what went on and who should be held accountable.
2: Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me, as usual. Great show. Um, I'm following Malone by saying that it's not just Pfizer, all roads lead to also, and the FDA. And when uh, Professor Emily Oster yes, yesterday, day before, wrote an Atlantic peace calling for pandemic amnesty, I think she was flat-footed and wrong. We can't have no amnesty. We need proper investigations of every decision and policy these people laid out. And the reality is that from on the inside, what I saw was uh, concerted efforts by the alphabets, CDC, FDA, NIH, NIEID, Fauci, Burks, the whole the whole dr francis collins the the system particularly with the deep state they they worked almost daily to undercut and subvert trump so that the game and, and and there were officials who actually spoke to me they said you know our aim is to make his response look unmanageable ungovernable and chaotic such that the public would lose confidence and that's what they did because I don't even think President Trump today knows how much the lockdowns hurt him, the school closures hurt him. They did, and those people like Fauci and they knew what they were doing. This is not just about um, uh, the harms from the vaccine. This is about looking at how they concertedly conspired against Trump. And um, every day on that podium, you can tell by what they were doing and the decisions that they were making, was everything was against President Trump and 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 the American people? And I think everyone needs to be
0: investigated. Doc, and as yeah, Dr. I, I was saying, hang, 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 hang for a second because I want to make sure that we're we're clear here. Because um, this is even you're taking it up about five notches. And I want to be specific. You're saying these are not acts of incompetence, misjudgment, people not understanding the data because you're in the middle of a pandemic. Those types of things. going to happen because you're sometimes you're trying to make it up as you go along or trying to figure it out the fog of war you're saying something quite different you're saying that the actual biomedical security apparatus whatever it is i think it's uh dr karate is is a title of that right in his book you're saying they actually consciously made decisions that would hurt trump and his administration even if those decisions uh negatively impacted the citizens of this country? Is that the case you're making in this book?
2: Absolutely. And um, the book has a lot of content. <clears throat> we put, put it all quickly, Sky Horse and Kent and lively But I mean, if you go back to even um, Deborah Booth's book, <clears throat> she actually was stunning in her admissions that they, that they withheld, that she misguided and uh, withheld information from President Trump and the decision-making. I didn't have to write these things. They are actually admitting what they did. Trump was the enemy. Trump was a pure enemy to these people. And what they did, I argue, is that they used this. First of all, I argue that, that, that the virus, et cetera, was lab manufactured and deliberate. However, I'm arguing that the response to it, they, they used this particular pathogen and what they've done to actually subvert Trump. And the reality is, if you look back and you say, well, Paul, how could, you make, how, how could you go there if you laid out this, you laid out that? But that's a big step. Well, I ask you a simple question, he's not president, is he not? And that's the key. They accomplished what they set out to do. And that's why if he gets another shot at back, or whomever, we need to investigate these people fully. Prosecute them. I'm talking about full prosecution of the law because people died as a consequence of their decision. Dr.
0: Alexander, hang on for one second. Si- Dr. Alexander, we're going to have to get your shot. Your, your camera is kind of going off. Let's redo his shot. I want to go back to Natalie. Sorry. Natalie, uh, this, and I want to get to the to the audience and make sure people understand, that's why the year 2023, if you think we've been through some uh, controversial times, you think we've been through some tough times, if you think, uh, uh, if you think that it is going to be um, uh, easier than it has been before, I want to make sure the policy, and that's why this show is so special, the audience, you ain't seen nothing yet, because we're going to be in the middle of a financial and economic crisis at the same time, uh, Natalie. We're going to have investigations that are going to expose, I think, to the American people, some shocking interconnections and some shocking things between their government, big tech, big pharma, uh, that and people. there are people in now running in Congress and on these congressional staffs that are going to be relentless and are not going to give this up natalie uh when, i mean i'm not saying that dr alexander is correct but i'm saying when you even get to that level that he says you can he can prove that the biomedical security industry internal to the government and with moderna and others actively worked against the sitting president i mean what's your, what's your assessment of how 2023 will look natalie winters
5: well, I think that we have very good memories, and I don't think the pain that the establishment has attempted to inflict on all Americans. I think the most recent example is these vaccine mandates or uh, something that's going to be forgotten, and certainly an article in The Atlantic calling for amnesty uh, isn't going to do it. Um, you know, I think the base has always sort of been here, right? I think the base has always been calling for investigations, wanting to actually use the power of the law, the power of the subpoena, the powers of Congress to go after these these evil doers and these bad faith actors, um, but I think that it's this election cycle where you actually see the kind of convergence of what the base wants and lawmakers actually following through and carrying out um, what people actually want to see happen and see accountability. Um, I think you're so right when you you speak about how these investigations aren't just going to focus on Hunter Biden or big tech. Um there's so many more elements to it. I think we need a full probe of where all these billions of dollars that have gone to Ukraine, where exactly they've gone. Um you know, the current database that the US government has up on all the uh, foreign aid that's gone over to Ukraine, they've redacted the names of all of the NGOs that hundreds of millions of dollars are going to support. Um so all these people who've enjoyed, you know, years of lining their pockets with our taxpayer dollars you know, the gravy trains over, it stops. Um, but it's not just that it stops. You know, we can look behind us and want to go back with a very fine tooth comb and really see who is responsible for the managed decline of this country, which I think in recent term times, it's really more so an accelerated or expedited decline. Um, but really, I think piecing that together um, it's not that hard to do because I think at the end of the day, these people aren't that smart. They aren't that savvy. They just operate with a false sense of immunity. They don't think they're ever going to get caught. But look no further than the fact that Anthony Fauci has been deposed and will have to testify on November 23rd um, and come November 8th. I'm sure Anthony Fauci and and all of his lackeys will have their calendars filling up with similar hearings.
0: Uh, Natalie, how do people uh, get to you and uh, social media and, and War Room, all your writings? Because uh, you, you're becoming a central player in this.
5: Thank you. Uh, War slash newsroom is how you can stay up to date with the latest stories. And you can find me on all social media platforms at Natalie G. Winters.
0: Thank you, Natalie. Uh, Dr. Alexander, how do people get the book? We've got to bounce, but I will say that this will be, I think, in a year of controversial books, maybe the most controversial book of all presidential takedown. It's really the how the biomedical industry was uh in, in the administrative state was focused on taking down President Trump. Where do people go to get it? And what's your social media that we can follow you and follow your writings?
2: Steve, once again you're always great in how you help us. Um you you can find me first of all Skyhorses. is on publishing and um it's going it's going to be on Amazon. It's already on Amazon. It's going to be on all the platforms like Kindle etc. And um, you can get, you can find me on my regular Substack, which is Alexander Covid News, as well as my website drpaulalexander.com. And uh, I just want to end by saying this: that you know, in the end, I always argued from the inside that something was very wrong with what the CDC and the NIH and the FDA were doing. And I hammered on Redfield, the entire group, because of what I was doing on the inside. They actually moved. To take me down and to end my employment. So the book discusses how the deep state operates and cancels you from on the inside. And um, I think people should get it, especially as Christmas gifts. And um, it's a, it has a, it's a good read. No, and y- y- you've, got read you've got to read this. You've got
0: to you have to read this book. You have to read this book to understand what's going to happen in 2023. Uh, Doctor Paul Alexander, yes. you will be a central player. Also, the book is Presidential Takedown. It yes, is very disturbing. I, I will. Thank you, sir.
2: Thank you. Thank you, you,
0: brother. Um, I want to go. We only got a couple of minutes, but I've got to get this article up. And I need to. That's another homework assignment because it's too important to miss. Uh, Our own Rebecca Koffler joins us. Rebecca, you've got this piece about Iran and Russia coming together. You've also written, we talked before about China. This is the worst thing that could ever happen geopolitically to the United States of America. we got about two minutes. Walk me through your thesis of why that is the the case, ma'am.
6: President Biden's strategic incompetence has created several geopolitical monsters, uh, Steve. Right now, the level of cooperation between the top dictators in the world is unprecedented. It's Russia, China. It's Russia, Iran, and Russia, North Korea. The piece that you're referring to is um, that I wrote on the Fox News website, it's published uh, today, the the Russia-Iran monster. Biden's strategic incompetence has created a new menace for America. What does Iran want? We all know that Iran publicly has acknowledged that it wants to target with nuclear weapons, the Great Satan, right? The United States of America. That's what they call us. Uh, they teach that in schools. They talk about it uh, publicly. And the second thing that Iran wants, it wants to destroy Israel. So what could possibly go wrong when the country, Russia, that yeah. possesses the largest nuclear Re- arsenal in Re- the nuclear Rebecca, expertise... We gotta,
0: yeah we have to bounce uh we've got a hard stop but we'll have you back on tomorrow i want everybody to get of in the course. chat rooms and get these articles it's her article it. today in fox news on on iran and russia she's also got previous on iran on russia and china they have we've created the greatest geopolitical force against us in the history of this nation in less than two years if you don't think that motivates you to get to the ballot box nothing will We'll have Rebecca back on tomorrow. Her book is Putin's Playbook. It's a must-read. It's at Regnery right now. Join us tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. You're going to be back in the war room.